Stem Cells at Lunch Digested is brought to you by the Centre for Stem Cells and Regenerative Medicine at King's College London. Thank you for your uh, talk yesterday. So first of all, I think uh, what's nice for the sort of general public, you know, is uh, what is your research about? Yeah, so we work in the field of mechanobiology. And this is the field that studies the interplay between mechanics and biology. So in other words, how physical forces or physical variables like stiffness affect biological function and how biological function uh, regulates the forces that, that cells generate. How did you get into this? Uh, was this something that you always wanted to study or is it sort of a product of chance that you came into that field? I was trained as a physicist and engineer, uh, but then when I finished my engineering degree, I, I decided I wanted to apply those tools and concepts to life sciences. So that's when I decided to, to focus on life sciences right at the beginning of my PhD. So I somehow could not find interesting questions in, uh, in physics or engineering that, I, that motivated me at that point. I mean, of course, there's plenty of interesting questions in physics, but I was not sort of driven by those questions at that time. And so I started exploring and I then discovered that uh, what I think is that I think the big questions, uh, the biggest questions of our generation uh, these are in, in life sciences. So I decided to jump into the life sciences field and I've never uh, abandoned it. Never went back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, phys physics is too sort of abstract, maybe. Well, the, uh, you know, back then, and this was, uh, I started my PhD in 2000. And so back then, I think that physicists always thought that cells were too messy to understand anything uh, mechanistically. And biologists thought that uh, physics was too abstract. So these two uh, ideas sort of uh, form this barrier between the two disciplines. And but I think this, this wall uh, has now been broken in the past uh, 20 years and there's, there's nothing left of, of, of that wall. And I think that the two disciplines now have recognized that uh, they need each other and that progress together is much stronger. So physics and biology are fusing. And, and now it's sort of, I, I define myself as a, as a, as a scientist of, of, of living matter, right? So no longer a physicist and engineer, but just a scientist of living matter. And we will use whatever tools we need to use to address those problems of, of living matter. So like related to the talk that you gave, you showed that basically different cells uh, experience different forces, right? So could you tell us a bit about yeah, about that observation and what do you think the implications of that are? Yeah, so one of the questions that we're trying to understand is um, how the intestinal epithelium uh, manages to perform all the tasks that it needs to perform. So the, this is a tissue that uh, is the fastest self-renewing tissue in our body, right? Every three to five days, the entire surface of our gut is renewed. So we, we, we were interested in uh, what are the mechanisms that coordinate uh, this process. And during that process, all core biological functions are exerted by, uh, are performed by these cells, right? So, so they, they divide, they migrate, they differentiate, they maintain stepness to some extent. So there's all, all these functions together. How, how cells are such beautiful multitaskers? And uh, and the specific question we try to address is uh, um, 
what is the role that mechanics plays, right? Is mechanics somehow coordinating, uh, regulating in a way how cells decide whether they will now migrate or divide or differentiate or even die? Um, so for that, of course, uh, you need to measure the forces that cells exert uh, during their journey of cell renewal in the in the intestine, and that's what we and that's what we tried to do. So we developed new technologies that now allowed us to have maps, very little maps, of how every cell uh, uh, in the intestinal epithelium uh, is generating. You're working with uh, organoids, right, which are like 3D structures. Um, could you tell us a little bit about, because a lot of people probably don't know what that is uh, and how people are using it. Right, so one of the, the main advances in life sciences in the past decade is the development of organoid models, right? So uh, in the past, we either worked uh, in vivo, meaning in, in animals, or in vitro in very simplified systems. So th there was a, uh, a bridge here that, that, uh, that we could not, uh, in a way, you work uh, in vitro, you have access to, to the system. Uh, you work in vivo, and then the system is not so, so much accessible, right? So is there a middle ground where you can work with a system which is quite realistic, but at the same time accessible. And this is what organoids uh, uh, allow us to do. So now we know that if you take one stem cell and you provide it with the right physical chemical environment, then you can build a structure, a tissue, uh, or something between a tissue and an organ maybe, that somehow recapitulates the functions that the organ in vivo performs. Uh, but at the same time, it's quite accessible because of course this is outside the body. Right? So this is what organoids are. So they are wonderful models to at least address uh, mechanistic questions. That's really cool, Rafik. What do you like most about the research you're doing? Uh, you kind of touched upon earlier already that uh, you like the fact that it's interdisciplinary. Uh, is that the main thing or? Yeah, so the thing that uh, I probably like the most about uh, my research is this multidisciplinary dimension, which, uh, but especially in the, in the sense that you get to interact very closely with uh, students, postdocs, senior scientists that uh, spread the entire spectrum of research, right? So I get to talk to theoretical physicists and I got to talk to, to molecular biologists, right? And anything in between uh, is, uh, I, I, I get to discuss eventually and I get to learn something from that. And, uh, and I, at the scale of my lab, uh, I do have uh, biologists, I do have civil engineers, I do have theorists, I do have uh, applied scientists. Uh, so uh, it is uh, a real pleasure to see how uh, one civil engineer shows up in your lab and requests to do a PhD with you. And then they say, okay. And then uh, all of a sudden they discover this, this, all these other different people who even speak a different language, right? Uh, biologists and engineers, they, they, it's different jargon, right? It, it, and it's, it's fun to see because now there is a very reproducible pattern where you see that during the first weeks or months, they, they, they even, they, they don't speak the same language. No? But then little by little uh, after, at the end of their PhDs, then you, you see this student who entered as a civil engineer and now is great at cloning or what actually he, he or she likes to do is really to develop a new organoid line. Uh, or someone who came as a biologist and who had barely programmed any computer and now uh, they decide that they love computers and now they are working 
in companies uh, at, uh, as, as computer scientists, you know? So I really think that we're trying to give in the lab this option to everyone to sort of really be exposed to many different disciplines and then of all those disciplines. So you, you give them the option to reinvent themselves and to really find what, what really drives them. And this happens all the time. So it really no one enters with an idea and lives with the same idea. And so I think this, I would like to think that uh, this is what I like the most uh, from working in, in multidisciplinary science. What is the most interesting or coolest experiment you've ever done or that your lab has ever done? Um, I think the coolest experiments that we've ever planned uh, never worked. <laughs> so I, I even have some pictures of uh, like five people in the lab in a small microscopy room and thinking that we were going to do the experiment of our lives. And then at midnight, we decided to leave and go for a beer because that didn't work, right? So I think, that, but, the, but the process of planning all that and that thinking those ideas is, is absolutely great, right? So um, um, there are experiments that, uh, that work really well. And actually, so these experiments that, uh, that we just uh, uh, published and I discussed yesterday in my talk, um, where we can now map the forces that cells within organoids are able to generate. So this, this is something I didn't think we would be able to achieve uh, as fast as we did. And this was the merit of the two PhD students, who Carlos and, and Gerardo, who really managed to develop this system and to analyze the data. And, and, and I know there's a lot of merit in those experiments because I know other people have tried to uh, implement those protocols or, or had tried to do the same thing in other labs and they, they didn't go anywhere and they abandoned those projects. And so we now lab these, these two students managed to make it work. And so I think that this is, for example, one of the, one of the experiments that I think uh, are fabulous. And, and, and of course, I still don't know the reaction of the community to those experiments. So I expect that the, the, that the, the reaction would be very positive and that this will become a model to study mechanobiology of, of, of tissues. Uh, lastly, uh, obviously, we're sort of in the middle of a pandemic. Has that affected your lab a lot? Right. So in, in Spain, there was uh, a very severe uh, lockdown. So we were locked down at home with our kids. Uh, and our kids didn't even leave our apartment in 45 days. So uh, that, was, it, that was a hard uh, lockdown. From the perspective of the lab, I think these first couple of months of lockdown had a very positive effect in most people because they really forced them to sit down and think very hard about their projects uh, to read to write to compute and uh, and we're much better off now uh, everyone is much more focused so i think there was a uh, the, a couple of uh, of months of really uh, stopping uh, was uh, really positive uh, in this and of course it has also some maybe unwanted psychological effects uh, uh, of stress, right? And, and, and those of us with kids, I mean, we, we all know what we're talking about. But from a lab perspective, I, I think it was, uh, it was quite, uh, quite positive. And now we're back to work. We've, we've been back to work since June. And, and, and now things are running uh, smoothly, of course, with distance, with, uh, with face masks, et cetera, and so on and so forth. But, of course, there's something that scientists know how to deal with, right? I mean, it's not that uh, working in these conditions is uh, something that is completely different to what to what we do. But yeah, I, I agree. That I think that 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 taking this break it it, it actually makes me think that uh, perhaps we should do it more, like almost to impose 
uh, a lockdown. And and thinking about this, I, I recalled a conversation that I heard from from Ferran Adrià, who's a very famous uh, Spanish cook, uh, who when he was running his his uh, his restaurant, he would work for six months, and then he would reinvent uh, cuisine as we knew it. But then he would stop for six months. Uh, and then make public all all his uh, recipes, and then that would force him to reinvent again uh, his his restaurant over and over again. And I remember he he was saying, "Well, this is what you guys should do. You you should uh, work for six months and then stop completely six months, just thinking about uh, what you want, what you have done, and what you want to do." Um, of course, uh, the, the the time scale of life life science is different. It's different. We cannot do that. <laughs> but uh, but still, I think that uh, this sort of forced time to think uh, is something that uh, many of us appreciate. Yeah, definitely. I think I can say the same thing. Yeah, I guess that's kind of a good sort of final thought as well. Thank you very much for this. Well, thank you very much for for the chance to chat, and yeah, looking forward to to meet you or to visit sometime. Who knows? <laughs>